Good morning, everyone. It is good to be here on this Sunday, the first day of the week. This past week, I had a birthday. Another one. They just keep coming quicker, it seems. But 59, that's not very old, is it? Well, now that depends. Do you remember what you thought about a 59-year-old when you were 25? Okay, gives you a different perspective, doesn't it? Thank you to every one of our ladies for your sacrifices. Uh, Friday and Saturday, attending our ladies' retreat. I know you had a great time, spiritual time, a time where you can get to know each other better, a lot of conversation, a lot of laughter, uh, also some good lessons I hear about faith and hope and love and how we are not to be afraid. We are to be fearless as Christian women and Christian men and women in the Lord's church. And I know you'll be striving to put into practice the things that you have learned on this retreat. And for you ladies who, because of work uh, situations or family issues, you couldn't attend, sorry about that. Maybe next year, when our ladies have their retreat, we can make some you can make some different plans to maybe be able to participate in that. I guarantee you, so will the ladies, that you'll be built up in the most holy faith. Also, you'll notice that Josh and Elizabeth and Renezme and Skylar are not here this morning. They are on vacation. Seems like to me Josh and Elizabeth could have gone on vacation and left the girls here. And I was thinking, Josh and Elizabeth, boy, would they have smiles on their faces. But I don't know about that. Let's pray for them. They're uh, most of the way there. And uh, it's a long drive from here to wherever they were going. And uh, with two little girls, you have to stop, you know, regularly and kind of tires you out. So let's pray for them for traveling grace and for God to look over them as they make it to their destination and then stay a few days, and then uh, safety on the return home. It may be you're just getting back from vacation, or maybe your plans are to be on vacation. Be careful, be safe, be kind out on those roads, because we need a little more kindness in this world, don't we? And if we as Christians don't show kindness, then the world does not have much of a chance, does it? As a matter of fact, that's a great lead-in to our topic for today on the six benefits of having faith in God and how having faith in God will benefit you more than you could ever imagine. In our lesson text that was read for us this morning from Luke chapter 18 and verse 8, Jesus there says something that should sober every person to where we've never been this sober. 
it should make us think more deeply than we have in recent days. After Jesus gives a parable of the unjust judge and the widow who had been hurt or uh, had, been, had suffered in some way, in verse 8, Jesus said, When the Son of Man returns, will He really find faith on the earth? I mean, this is the Son of God, Jesus Christ, the Savior of the world, before Him as He's teaching His disciples, and He's questioning because of or out of all that he's seen or experienced or heard in the human race, he actually has a question. And I don't know if the question's to us or to himself. When he says, when I return, will there be anybody who believes in me? Well, let me ask you, the Church of Christ that meets at Waterson Trail with our guests. If you're one of our guests, you don't have to participate in this. But I would like to have some sort of response as to whether or not if Jesus came in your lifetime, if He would find a human being who believed. Would He? Thank you. Yes. If he's coming in my lifetime, he'll find one. Me. And I'm thinking from what I've heard and seen today, I will not be alone. And I'm so happy about that. Because to be alone, whew, that's lonely. Uh, that's deep, isn't it? I mean, it gets lonely when you're alone. But Jesus is serious. Am I going to find anybody who believes me when I return? And I'm glad to say that yes, He'll find me and you. We've looked at faith in, in different ways in thinking about this, uh, these benefits that we receive as Christians. We looked at the fact that our faith in God determines what God can do in our lives. God's hand is not so short that He cannot save. His ear is not so deaf that He cannot hear. It is not God that has the problems. The issue of God hearing our prayers or helping us in our time of need is not with Him. Then where must it be? It must be with me. And, is that, and actually in, in Isaiah chapter 59 verse 1 and 2, Isaiah, the prophet from God, speaking for God, says that. It is your sin or iniquity that is 
hidden His face from you. It is your sin or iniquity that's built this wall between you and Him so that He will not hear. See, so my faith in God, my living for God is a benefit to me because if I believe in Him, that opens the doors to what He can do for me and what He wants to do for me. Secondly, we looked at how faith can solve impossible problems. See, with man, it is impossible. But what did Jesus say about impossibilities with God? You see, with man, it is impossible. But with God, all things are possible. So when I'm with Him and He's with me, and we're together, we're not lonely. And when you're with us, that makes three. The impossible can become possible. What I cannot lift by myself, I can lift with with help. What What I can't figure out by myself, I can figure out with help. Indeed, the Apostle Paul said it best when he said, I can do some things. No, I can do a few things. I can do many things. No, I can do all things, not by myself. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, who gives me what I lack, who gives me what I need. We looked, how, we looked at how faith is the key to answered prayer. James spoke about wisdom in James chapter 1, verse 5. If anyone lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives to all men freely, liberally, without reproach. He never expects anything in return, and it'll be given him, it'll be given her. But let us ask in faith, he said. we got to ask believing that God is ready, willing, and able to do what he says he'll do. He talks about how a person, what a person will receive when they ask or ask for wisdom or pray without faith. He said, it's like a wave of the sea driven and tossed by the wind. He said, let not that man, let not that woman think he'll receive anything from God. Why are we praying when we're praying not really believing or having faith that God can do what he says he'll do? So faith, my faith in God, my allegiance to God, the benefit to me is it's the key to answered prayer. And now today's lesson. Faith is the secret. It's the secret to getting things done. It is the secret to doing what needs to be done. It's the secret to doing what has to be done. It's the secret to achievement. If I am to achieve anything in my life worthwhile, I can achieve that if I know the secret to it. And the secret to getting things done to achievement is my faith in God. My belief that God 
is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 6. Can't please God without faith. And how can I expect God to do anything for me when I am displeasing to Him? You're a teenager, 18 years old. Got your own car, part-time job, but you still live at home with your dad and mom. There's no shame in that. I did that. Most of us did when we were 18. But the night before, I missed curfew by one hour. When my dad comes into my room, you can't even walk there. I've been wearing the same shirt three days. And I come to my dad, ask for money. Now, you don't know my dad. I mean, he was pretty tight with his money anyway. Even if I did make curfew, my room was spotless and I was a perfect 18-year-old. My dad was still tight. Even though he'd take out his wallet and I've seen what he had. He had it to give. But isn't that something how that people think that just because your dad has money, you do? I had friends of that. You know, my, friend, my dad owned a business, and you know he always drove a new truck, and mom drove a new car, and they lived in a nice house. And My friends all thought that I had money. And I, was, I would tell them, look, I am broke. What do you mean? Well, look at your parents. Let me tell you, you don't know my parents. Even if I'm just living right... It was hard. But when I mess up and I get, you know, and I look at my dad with one of those looks that a teenager can give a dad, and the ladies, I think, uh, young ladies, you roll your eyes or you just stand there and stare, right? Your dad knows you're saying something, but he just doesn't know what you're saying. And then you want to ask for $50? Not happening. God is much greater than we are. The secret to achievement is my walking with God in faithfulness to Him. Now, before we look at Luke chapter 18 and that parable of the unjust judge, I want to back up and just make a few points from Luke chapter 17. My faith in God is the secret to achieving great things. In Luke chapter 17, verses 1 through 4, we find that my faith, your faith in God, is the secret to being hurt and forgiving the one who hurt me. Your faith in God is the secret to being able to forgive someone who hurt you, who put you down, who took the credit when it should have been yours. Maybe they just slapped your face. You know, that hurts. 
And you know what you want to do, don't you? I mean, come on. You know, pop them back harder just to get even. And how is that? You know, you get struck, but you want to hit the other person harder to get even. Now, that wouldn't be right, would it? But then they would have to strike you back a little bit less in order to... And how do you measure a big pop? Is it by blood? You see, that's not the secret to achieving what we want to achieve, and that's to be the way things should be. Jesus, speaking to his disciples in Luke chapter 17, says, When your brother sins against you, rebuke him. Tell him about it. Tell her about it. If she, if he repents, forgive them. He said, if your brother comes to you, no, sins against you seven times in a day, and seven times comes and repents, you are to forgive him. Jesus, a little bit later, even expands that. Because Peter asked Jesus, probably because of this, Jesus, if, my, if someone sins against me seven times, should I forgive them? And Jesus said, I, I say not seven times, but how many? Seven times seventy. The, the apostles didn't get the, the disciples didn't get the message at first. They wanted to keep a record of how many times they were sinned against and forgiven. You know, if the if the if the record is seven, uh oh, I got I got my little pad. One, two, three. Then I'm going to warn, I'm going to warn John, you know. Now you know this is number six. One more is all you got. And on that seventh time, almost with a smile on my face, I say, <laughs> I don't have to do it anymore. But see, we know that's not Jesus' lesson. If someone hurts us or misunderstands us, or speaks about us in a way that hurts us. And we go to them and they apologize. What must we do? Forgive them. It's not easy. But remember, faith in God is the secret to achievement. Faith in God is the key to answered prayer. Faith in God makes the impossible possible. Faith in God determines what God can do in my life. I can forgive, not from myself. The Apostle Paul says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I can forgive you and you can forgive me because of my faith and your faith. So our faith in God empowers us to forgive. No grudges in the church. No grudges in a Christian's heart. Did you catch it in the text of Luke 17, the first few verses? If someone sins against you, go and rebuke them. I have 
I have a responsibility. If you hurt me, I have a responsibility to you. Because if you hurt me and sin against me, your soul is in jeopardy. Not mine. I've been sinned against. I'm saved. But if you do the sinning against a fellow Christian, you've sinned against God. Your soul's at stake. As a Christian, it is my honor and privilege to go to you and say, Look, I love you. You can't do me this way. Because I'm a child of God, and if you do me this way, you're hurting me. And when you hurt me, you hurt Him. Isn't that what the Lord Jesus Christ said to the Apostle Paul before he was Paul? You know, he was Saul in Acts chapter 9. Isn't that what the, uh, the Lord said to him when he says, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And Saul said, who are you, Lord? Like, what do you mean? When did I ever persecute you? And what, he, what the Lord was talking about when, when Saul was persecuting his church, which is made up as, of individual Christians, he's persecuting Jesus. When we hurt each other, we hurt the Lord. Sometimes we think we can just hurt each other and somehow feel, well, faith is the secret to achieving forgiveness. Within myself, within another person's heart, getting us together and before God. Secondly, the next few verses, Luke chapter 17, verses 5 through 10. This is that text where uh, Jesus talks about this servant. He said, which of you who has a servant that's been working out in the field all day, hot and tired, which of you servant comes in and you, the master, say to the servant, go servant and prepare you a meal and get cleaned up. He said, but... Wouldn't you rather say, servant, get on in there and prepare my meal and set my, get me something to drink? But I mean, you are the boss and they are the employee, right? And then he's saying, he said, you've got to understand that the very best that you can do amounts to not very much. Dan said a lot around the table this morning about all that Christ has done for us and what little it is that we are doing for Him. And He is the Lord. And we are the, we are the servants or we are the, we're His friends. And after all He's done for us, shouldn't we give our all, whatever it took, of, whatever it takes of time and talent and treasure for Him? for what He's done for us, what He's planned for us, for heaven itself, it'll be worth it all when we get there. We'll see if we're just being good and faithful servants here. See, faith is the, is the secret to doing our duty and still remaining humble about it. Then look on down, chapter 17, verse 11 through 19. Here, faith in God is the secret to obedience. It's the secret to receiving a blessing 
and then remembering to show God gratitude afterwards. Now follow what Jesus is experiencing. There were ten lepers who came to Jesus and said, Have mercy on us. And Jesus did. Except if you read the details of this passage, Jesus gave them a command to do. He gave them a command to obey. He said, go show yourselves to the priest. Now you'll have to read back over in Leviticus as to why that command must have been obeyed. But if you look at the scriptures, it, he says, and as they went, they were cleansed. Now think about that. Let's say that Buddy is Jesus, and I'm a leper. And I know Buddy is Jesus, and I say, Lord, have mercy on me. And Buddy just simply says, Mickey, go show yourself to the priest. I still have leprosy. If I read this correctly, when I went about or set about to obey the command, as I go, I'm healed. Not here. I haven't obeyed the command. It's here that I obey the command. I take the step. So my faith in Jesus Christ, in God, is what gives me the cleansing, the healing that I need in my life. And then my faith in God will lead me to show gratitude to Him. Because Jesus was amazed that ten lepers were cleansed of their leprosy. Hamilton came back to thank the Lord for the blessing. Even Jesus was surprised. Did you read this? While, you were, while I was talking, you were reading a little bit? Did you read it? I mean, Jesus was surprised. He said, what? Were there not ten cleansed? Where are the nine? I mean, just this one who comes to show gratitude to, for what he's received? And him, a, a stranger. Not one that you would expect to come. So faith, then, is the secret to obedience. It's the secret to finding gratitude in our lives. Now, to our text as we close out. Luke 18, 1 through 8. Jesus tells people. He's always illustrating a point. A parable is an earthly story that we can all understand with a meaning that has depth, a heavenly meaning. He said, there was once this judge who did not fear God nor regard man. We call him an unjust judge. But he couldn't be bought by man and he didn't reverence God. A widow came before him every day. Every day. Avenge me of my 
whatever was wrong, whoever wronged me, avenge me of my adversary. And the judge for a time would not listen to her. But then the judge said with thus within himself, uh, man, I'll tell you, if, if I don't avenge this, this lady, she is she just constantly coming before my bench. She's going to wear me out. He said, now hear the story, hear the parable of this judge and this widow. I have actually heard preachers compare the unjust judge to God. I've actually heard preachers compare the widow woman to every Christian. And how, boy, we've got to really be praying all the time. We can't ever give up on praying because, you know, we've got to approach God as if God really didn't want to bless us. I mean, He, is, he has no reverence for us or love for us, nor does He have any kind of humility within Himself to look on the plight of an individual who's been harmed or hurt Nothing could be further from the truth. Jesus is, is looking at a situation in the world where a judge that was unjust, and this woman kept coming before him day after day after day, and finally she wore him down enough for him to give it to her. Then he says, God is not like this unjust judge. God is listening to you. God loves you. God wants to help you. Even though He's much long-suffering, in, at least in our perspective. Because, you know, when do we want God to help us? Right now. And you know what sometimes He does? I've prayed... And just about the time I got, got up off my knees or opened my eyes, the help was there. The phone rang. The door, somebody knocked on the door or Cindy called or something. I heard good news. And I, looked my, I cast my eyes into heaven and said, Thank you, Lord. There are times, though, where God has us wait. Wait for an answer. Maybe to test us. We need to be tested sometimes. Test our faith. Test whether we truly believe that faith in God is the secret to achieving whatever it is we have to achieve in our life. Now, am I saying God is going to grant your every wish when and where and how and why at the moment that you want to wish it? No, God is not a a genie in the lamp, you know, where we can rub him and he comes out and says, you know, your wish is my command. That's not who God is. God is not a vended machine where if you put in enough quarters, you can get what you want out of the machine. That's not who God is. God is the creator of the universe, the father of all, the giver of everything that you have and ever will have. And he is ready, willing, and able to help us in our time of need, at just the right time. It's up to us to keep on believing. Remember verse 8 of Luke chapter 18? When the Son of Man returns, 
will he really find faith on the earth? I hope he does. I hope he will. I'm going to be one. He may delay his coming. And if he does, then I'm trying to bring my children up and my grandchildren up in a way that they'll know what faith in God is. And I believe you probably are too. To continue on building that faith in the heart of another person. If things are not right between you and God, make a change today. Put your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. It's going to be hard, if not impossible, for you to achieve your goals and your dreams on your own. It's mighty lonely to try to do that. And why would you want to? I mean, it's foolish to try to make it on your own when there's so many people want to help you. And a God in heaven whose ear is clear and whose hand is strong that has the desire and the justice and the love to help you. Confess sin. Repent of that sin. That's what stands between you and God. Confess the Lord Jesus Christ. He is the way, the truth, and the life. We can't come to the Father except by Him. If you've never been baptized, born again, of the water and spirit, that's necessary. John told Nicodemus, uh, uh, Jesus told Nicodemus in John chapter 3, except you be born again, you will not see the kingdom of heaven. Same was true for him, same is true for us. And I want to see the kingdom. I want to be in the kingdom. Matter of fact, we are in it when we're in the church as the Lord adds us to his church when we come up out of that water of baptism. If as a Christian you've not lived the way you should, make a move, make a change. Faith in God is the secret to achievement. God bless you. You can come as we stand together and as we sing.